Um, sitting here in the studio with Sam and Rachel, we're both wearing sunglasses. No, also literally just walked in, sat down, and started talking. Like I'm not. What? This is how we do the show. Oh, you guys want to warm up? I sleep. I'm here. not actually. No, I just want to point that out. I think it's worth pointing and then out. I that. light sage in the morning. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't need any warm up. I do a hundred push-ups mm-hmm. over a span of two years, and then I I don't think, to be honest, I like I respect it. I just I don't think you're getting a very good workout if you're only doing 200 push-ups every two years. Wait, what was it? 100, 100 every push-ups. two years? No, 200 push-ups about over two years. You don't. I could be doing 199 in 2017 and one this year. You don't know that. I was ripped in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just, this isn't helping us get anywhere any closer. But I just realized. Um, my, the shirt I'm wearing is really dirty. It has like a big stain on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> like not, what kind not, of stain? Not yeah. the stain from what? I don't know. It looks like I leaned on something. I must have worn it out. I can't see anything. Is a black mark somewhere? Oh, uh, no, yeah. not really. It looks like I like rubbed against a dirty wall. That's just a mark you get if you don't have good taste. <laughs> what? That's not true. Yeah, no, that's No, it's that's not what true, happens. Rachel. That's what happens. All right, today's very special episode. This is episode number 73 of Corporate Lunch. Is that correct? Are you yes. sure it's not 74? We've made 70,000 episodes, you're right. It's episode 700,003. It's episode 73. 73 episodes of Corporate Lunch. We've been in this studio together 73 we are times. Qualifying for social security. Um <laughs> Uh today's very special episode is going to be the fall culture preview slash slash guide slash digest. What would we call this? I was thinking of it as a fall culture guide. Um, because fall is really the time for culture. Summer is the time for living, getting outside, breathing the outdoors, experiencing, being active, engaging with nature, pure and unbridled hedonism, being carnal, and then in the fall, we settle into our burrows and we 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 um, immerse Engage ourselves. In the life of the mind. Yeah, we we immerse ourselves in in the culture. We discover. Um, I want to start with all right. So the one the one big thing, I want to start with art happenings because the MoMA, I or I should say MoMA. The Museum of Modern Art, also known as MoMA, not also known as the MoMA, reopens <laughs> next week. Yeah, it does. It reopens next week. I know people who right. are like flying in for it. Really? Yeah. I thought MoMA was just a line of Yankees hats. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> so, but that's going to kick off the season so in no, a crazy uh, way. So there are a couple of things happening at MoMA. Yeah, the, there'll be a whole bunch of things that open. We can yes, say but, the moment. But it's not simply that it like so the the museum closed because they were reorganizing both the collections and the space. Yeah. So there's gonna be more stuff, new more exhibition space, yeah. and they have re hung all of the permanent galleries, right. which is actually a huge deal. Yeah. So they're basically saying like the things that we said the last time we did this, which was maybe like twenty, thirty years ago, yeah. that were like the super important pieces of modern art have shifted and that's changed so that's pretty cool mega cool um and then there will be like obviously the new exhibitions and new there's like a new kind of performance based space 
which uh, is also very cool. Which MoMA was like the first museum, I think, to take performance art pretty seriously. Judson I, Dance Foundation yeah. sort of founded there. I founded that foundation. Yeah. Noah Johnson Judson Dance Foundation. Um, but yeah, I think I think the the most exciting thing maybe or or the thing that what you're saying is, is the new the rehang of the permanent collection. But I guess we don't know anything about it yet, right? There I've, hasn't been like a preview or anything or for press or uh, the previews next week. How did they and they expanded the size, right? Yeah. How did they do that? Did they take over an adjacent building or something? They took well. There's a a residential tower, and I believe there are now galleries in part of the residential tower. However, there are also there's new gallery space in what had been the American Folk Art Museum, right. uh, which was a really okay. nice one of museum. the great museums and buildings. Actually, a, a wonderful building that they just leveled, right? Yeah, they just leveled it. What's there? I don't know. What is actually there now? Like a pavilion or like a? It's uh like an additional space yeah. for the museum. Yeah. They made that happen really fast, I have to say. The bedrock of the New York Museum. I too. think it's the bet I think it's the best museum in New York, but Yeah. I well, missed I missed going there this summer because it was closed. It was kind of a you know Yeah, I haven't been. That was forever. like a real bummer to not be able to. They used to, to have uh, those like late late Thursdays and yeah. Fridays sponsored by Uniqlo. Yeah. And uh the concerts in the garden. Yeah, it was really Yeah, nice. last was time nice I was time. there I saw some crazy concert. I can't remember who it was. I hate to let you guys down, but uh, the new residential tower that is b- a part of the MoMA. The residence is at the MoMA. Uh, n- will now cast a shadow over that garden. So Fuck. there'll be no sunlight? Yeah. Much like Sam's dark heart. True. Okay, what else? Um, all right, I have another one that's related, and then I'll pass the mic. It's 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 similarly maybe th- I hope these aren't let letdowns for people. I think people should know the MoMA's reopening with a whole new lifestyle. And then uh, the other one is a thing I think a lot of people don't know about, but is incredible, which is the Noguchi Museum. Did we talk about that on the show before? I think we had it as a vibe. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. But anyway, it's, it 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 uh, it deserves a place in the corporate lunch fall culture guide preview digest because I think a lot of people don't really know it exists. It's a it's a, a museum in Long Island City, um, and that was, Noguchi himself like bequeathed. That's right. I don't it know. It was his studio. Right? Yeah, I believe it was uh, Isamu Noguchi's studio. It, it was a. For, it used to be a gas station, yeah. and it was located in like this funny sort of like little triangular um, plot of land, and it was lo- he picked it because it was located across the street from a marble cutter slash supplier oh where he was right next to the river so this you know all the marble would get like shipped on these big barges and taken off there in long island city it's right sort of on the east river in a northern part of long island city the socrates sculpture park is also up there it's it's like quite a ways from ps1 which is the more well-known long island city museum but um the Noguchi has an amazing garden that's just beautiful. And beautiful it's, it's garden. So, I mean, it's mostly his sculptures. There are other exhibitions there, but it's basically his work in um, indoor and outdoor gardens and indoor, like, gal- traditional gallery spaces. And, I mean, I think most people are sort of familiar with Noguchi's work, even if they're not. At least the the lighting sculptures, which are paper lanterns of various sizes, but even the, the carved rock and and marble stuff um and there's like fountains it's really um 
pretty incredible work and also just like a nice place to spend half a day. There's a nice little coffee shop in there. I mean, it's this place is like open all year round and has been open for a long time. But I think, I think people who come to New York or people in New York who are looking for their you know fall dose of culture to take themselves out of their um, doldrums, yeah, to cleanse themselves from all the debaucherous stuff they did this summer. I think the Noguchi shouldn't be overlooked. It's a good place to like get a big fit off too. I think just in general, oh, like yeah. they get really good selfies in there, good photos. So just, yeah. just um, really think about what you're gonna wear if you go there, and probably if you do go to the Noguchi and you think your fit is any good at all, um, take a picture and send it to Sam Hine, and we'll evaluate it and talk about it on the show. On the show, yeah. Speaking of which, my uh, art recommendation for this fall is taking a trip up to Mass Mocha. In North Adams, Massachusetts. Mass Mocha has some of the, uh, you know, Grammiest art um, in New England. They have several big James Terrell pieces um, that have been recently installed. It's actually the, Mass Mocha is the largest contemporary art museum in, I think, North America now. Well, it's enormous. Um, it's fucking huge. Because it's in North Adams, Massachusetts, where there is just nothing but space. Yeah. And so it I took know, over like all these. smoking meth, maybe. It's kind of a methy town, isn't it? <laughs> Can you say that? Yeah. It's true. I mean, um, not my words, but um, it has these beautiful walls done by Solowit that are on um, on display till 2043 or so. But that's not why you should go. You should go because it's just a kick-ass museum. Um, what are the James Terrells? Of, Do you know? I don't know. There's a light room and there's some really? sort of... Um, James Terrell light rooms are one of my favorite things. They're so fucking cool. They're amazing. There's a really good one at PS1. And um, I haven't really been amazing. since the you know, like, eat a bunch Terrell of mushrooms stuff and just sit there all day. Extremely violent. I'm just gonna talk about drugs for the You're rest like, of the episode. You're like, damn, it's red, it's red, it's pink. <laughs> you have to just go to the light rooms and just with some homies and just say vibe check or by yourself. Another um, great James Terrell experience. Sorry, is if anyone's on the West Coast, there is a Japanese garden near the De Young Museum that has a James Terrell mm, room. Really, and that is really yeah. And there's a good. I guess there are lots of them. There's a good one in Arizona, maybe in Scottsdale. <laughs> the Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art yeah. or something? I don't know. Hey, look, I don't know. I just report the James Terrell news. But Mass Mocha also has this really wild, um, like, hanger of Anselm Kiefer, um, a lot of good Jenny Holzer stuff. Oh, I saw uh, this James Terrell. James Terrell had an epic show at, of light sculptures at Mass Mocha that I saw. That's incredible. Yeah. So I think that's. I open. don't think that's still open. Though. No, I think it's open until 2020. Oh, I've seen this. So go this fall. Um,. Hell yeah. Also, there's an this Annie show, Lennox show up. At this right James now. Terrell show. A, a what? Annie Lennox oh. show. Annie Lennox? Yeah. I don't like anything more than I like Annie Lennox. <laughs> I love Annie Lennox. Why? I just think she's such a badass. Yeah. Her music sounds so contemporary. And her music videos were really wild, too. And while you're up at Mass Mocha, you should go to the Clark Art Institute as well. Is um, that Williams College or something? Oh, no, it's in Williamstown, yeah. But um, it's sort of loosely affiliated with Williams. But These are just all oh, the places you're loosely that affiliated with Sam Williams, used to hang you? out at. You should uh, go hang out with my girlfriend's dad. Wow. Sorry the Berkshires are popping. I guess the Berkshires, the Berkshires are really popping. I have to say, there's like a whole cultural experience, like every facet of cultures yeah. you experience there. There are some great Edith Wharton books written about that era, mm -hmm. area, but also she had a home there that's quite beautiful and mm -hmm. you can tour. Bob Dylan also spent some time in the mm -hmm. Berkshires. Sure did. The, uh, the Boston uh, Symphony Orchestra has its summer 
home there. Jacob's Tank Pillow. Wood. Jacob's Pillow. Great place to catch some dance. That's a dance place? Mm-hmm. I don't participate in dance. I have two art recommendations. Unless I'm at the club. Please. If Sam is... I'm done. Done. Sam, okay. are you done? <laughs> Sam, can you wrap it up, man? You done or are you finished? So the first is this Bernadette Van Hoy show at Svetlana Gallery in Chinatown, Lower East Side. That's sort of like... Finally some downtown are. shit. God, all these Super museums. tangled up. So basically what happened is Svetlana Gallery's like fall show, the artist was like, I'm not ready. I got to back out. Damn. So the, the head of the gallery was That's like... That's me before every podcast. Bernadette, <laughs> you're a legend of the art world. You ran Bernadette Corporation. Very important. Cool. This is a good uh, wormhole for our listeners to go yeah. down. Um and so the gallery owner was like, okay, well, do you just want to make a show? It's going to open in like six weeks. So she made this show called Filler Stuff that's basically like a really bizarre kind of hilarious and anxious meditation on like doing things really quickly and like what your worth is. And there's a lot of like, oh, like I'm important enough that like I can be the draw at the last minute, but then also like how worthwhile and how significant are these artworks if uh-huh. like I just threw them together in like six weeks. So there are like piles of sandbags and like strange things like written on pieces of cardboard. It's it's a really funny show. I haven't been to what's that gallery space like? Um, it is totally concrete. Yeah. And then the the gallery associate is sitting on a futon on the floor in the corner. <laughs> which is my preferred sort of like gallery experience oh there are also a lot of there's some cool there are a bunch of like richard sarah shows at all the gagosian oh uh, yeah things right now which is kind of cool this, yeah, Sarah's that's not my other that's Midtown. not my other recommendation oh, my other recommendation is to go to your local celine store oh yeah because the celine stores uh you can read all about it in the brad pitt issue of gq october um and also online Hedy Slimane has been buying like a ton of really dope contemporary art. So there are all these really cool pieces by some very interesting, young, cool artists in his stores. And it's a global thing. So like if you're in Paris, L.A., all of, all New York, the... all the, like Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo. Tokyo has this amazing piece by this artist, Elaine Cameron Weir, who I actually met on the street. Really? Like a couple weeks ago. I was talking She's to her in and New she York? was like, I'm an artist. And someone was like, this woman has the best show in New York right now. <sighs> and I was like, oh yeah, like what's, where's your show? And she was like, JTT. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, you're Elaine Cameron Weir. Which is like really creepy to do to an artist unless yeah. they're like Pablo Picasso. Yeah. You're Picasso. <laughs> yeah, you're Oh, Pica- you're David you? Hockney. Are you Pablo Picasso? Anyways. Um, that piece looks sick. Wait, I wanted to mention one other thing. Yeah. Um, at the Met Brewer, there's a Flora Bar is so fucking good. There's a Via Clemens show, Via Selman's show, at um the Met. That looks amazing. She makes drawings of like the sea, like photo real drawings of the sea and the sky. Um, it's a huge retrospective. When's someone gonna have a big retrospective of my work? Well, we could do that for next spring. All right. I want it to be at the Met, though. Yeah, we can do that at the Cloisters. You <laughs> might have to settle for the Celine store, though. Can you buy the stuff at the Celine store? No. No. It's his. It's already collection. been bought. Oh. It's already been owned. I want to talk about. I guess we should talk about music next. Yeah. Great. Was that a good pick? Yeah. All right. I've got 
one new thing and one old thing that I want to talk about. The new thing is Leon Ware's album Rainbow Dew. Leon Ware is like an old... He died a couple of years ago, I think in his early 70s. And he was a pretty pretty notable R&B singer, producer, writer. He had, I think, produced and wrote mostly a lot of Marvin Gaye stuff and some like Michael Jackson and some other things. But um, he was working on this album the last few years of his life. That was just released. And it's, it's really good. Um, it's just kind of like a really good, smooth, deep sort of, soul album that um maybe it's not it's not it doesn't like feel like it like an album made by a man like late in life who's like pondering like the end of all things yeah uh it feels it's like it feels like youthful and vibrant but it's um i mean i don't listen to a ton of like new soul music necessarily or r&b but this one really spoke to me it's really good and I feel like it's going, it's sort of flying under the radar. I, I, I think it just came out a couple of weeks ago. I feel like it's going to bubble up into the, the culture over the next few weeks. I think it's going to be one of the best albums of the year. It will dethrone Kendrick Lamar on the 100 <laughs> best songs of yeah. the 2010s. I guess so. By Pitchfork. We should put out a list of song, controversial list of something. Best a designers. List of lists? Yeah, we could rank the lists. I'm sick of these fucking lists. It is fun to see people get worked up on Twitter about. I guess the I'm lists, I'm though. worked up. I'm worked up just Playing about right lists. Playing right into the media's though. hands. Yeah, it's it's irresistible. Um, I thought the list was pretty good actually. What list? Pitchfork's list. What was what the top 100 albums of the decade? 200 songs. Well, they did. No, but then the they did albums. albums. I thought Doreen's piece about Frank Ocean was very beautiful. Yeah. What nice. where did oh which which Frank Ocean album? Blonde. Blonde. Where did that rank? One. Numero oh, it was uno. numero uno. Number one. Uh, where else would it be? I mean, I don't know. Two, three, <laughs> fifty, sixty, like who it's arbitrary. It doesn't it's not a real thing. I'm sorry, but it's not. Watching TRL, it felt pretty real. <laughs> <laughs> like that felt really real to me. How, where did the TRL rankings come from? How did you that... called in and you voted? Oh. So whoever got the most requests was the number one. Yeah, Total that, request live, that, Noah. <laughs> that is real. That is real. I heard recently that before, like 1991, when SoundScan like began and like records could be scanned and sales could be tracked, the way like Billboard um, tracked like releases and rankings was to call record stores and ask them what is selling. Wow. Wow. So you mean they did reporting? <laughs> I guess. It just doesn't seem all that accurate. But hey. Anyway, that what's Leon Ware is really good. What's your old thing? Oh, the old thing was is Sun Kill Moon. Which is not yes. old. I mean he has new music out as well. Um uh Sun Kill Moon is like the current band from Mark Kozalek. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. Anyway, he's had a, he's like, he was in this rock band, the red house painters, and then has done a ton of solo work. He's like put out like 30 like studio albums or something, but I think his best work is under sun kill moon. And, um, it's, it's just like super moody autobiographical sort of folk rock. And the one I listened to most is a, a, a collaboration album he did with Jace Jesu which is has some sort of like heavy droney distorted um guitar work but he's like worked with Will Oldham and 
Um, I mean, he's a he's a mega mega famous important songwriter who's kind of a bristly guy who I don't, doesn't seem like a very nice guy necessarily, but I don't care. Um, every album features him having like like there's a couple songs on every album that's like him basically having an emotional breakdown. Yeah, and like playing the guitar and like wailing. Yeah, and like it's pretty amazing. Or like stuff. about yeah how someone in his family died or like how much he loves his mom. <laughs> um, but. I don't know. It's just like really good fall music. And Benji is the album he put out in like 2014 or something that, that made him really famous. That, that was like the best album of that year. I would also listen to this is not, uh, or this is my dinner, um, which came out uh, last year featuring the track. This is not possible, which is just like a 20 minute narration of his trip to Germany or something. And like asking different people at the hotel if he can have dinner after the restaurant closed and stuff like that. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, he's a good songwriter. He released a track on SoundCloud a few years ago called War on Drugs, Suck My Cock. Yeah, I remember Because that. <laughs> they had been playing at a festival at the same time and like the War on Drugs sound was bleeding onto his stage. And then he started <laughs> like like basically just improvising the song like on stage and then he uh, recorded it and released it later. Yeah. He did something sort of gnarly too where he like a, a female journalist was like trying to reach him for an interview and then he like didn't want to do it or turned her down and she was like being too persistent in a way that he didn't appreciate and he like sang some so- like horrible <laughs> um, song about her on stage at a show like how she like was in love with him or something. I don't I don't That's know. That's some Lou Reed shit. He's a little yeah. crazy. But hey. Um those are my music picks. In addition to just listening to like all the insane mixes on Trilogy Tape SoundCloud page. My music pick is um there's a collection of um L- of uh LPs from nineteen sixty one called Sounds of the South. So Sounds of the South was put together by this guy Alex um Lomax who spent his whole life from like the thirties to the nineties traveling, um, through like, uh, different parts of America and, and, um, South America and Europe and Asia recording folk music, um, with basically whatever was like the top, um, you know, the most technologically advanced, like recording equipment available at the time. Um, and so in 1959, he crisscrossed the deep South and recorded, um, hundreds and hundreds of hours of folk music by um just people that he found um you know around basically from like from like the islands of uh georgia to like the mississippi delta and it's this amazing amazing collection of um banjo riffs and gospel music and and every time you listen to it you sort of feel like uh at least i feel um very sort of like profoundly lucky that like someone documented this stuff and that it's you know been digitized and put on like Spotify and then I can like pull it up on my Sonos every morning. Um, but it's really, 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 really cool. I need to get a Sonos. Rachel, do you have a Sonos? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Everyone runs Sonos, Sonos except me. It's so embarrassing. Sonos played songs of the South. <laughs> wandering around your apartment with a big glass of In my underwear. Yeah. Shouting. Talking heads. <laughs> Damn it. Sonos. <laughs> I don't have the talk. I don't have the Sonos I can talk to. Oh, that that's too bad. Me. No, it listens to you though. I don't talk to my devices. No. Do you use Siri? Uh, no, I don't use Siri. But last night I was explaining something to my boyfriend about a story that I'm <laughs> to working my on. Sonos. Yeah, about it, and it was a negative thing about iPhone. And then Siri was like, "Can you repeat that again?" And you were like, "Oh, it was fuck. crazy, bitch! It's on." Yeah, 
Um, and then I would one, have thrown the phone out the window. One quick new thing, Angel Olsen's new album. Yeah, it is yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. It did good. The third Olsen twin. Yeah, the angel. Rachel? One thing I would recommend is that uh, if you live in the United States but not in New York, you should go see my brother perform. He's on tour right now. Bob Dylan. Yeah, Rachel's brother, brother Bob is Dylan. Bob Dylan. Yeah. No, a great that's not who your brother wizened is. old man. You know, Bob Dylan has a tiny cabin in the back of his home, which is in like Bel Air or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You can see like aerial shots of his home. There's like this tiny cabin. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you should see my brother perform. It's who is really cool. Aaron, Aaron. Lee Tashjian. And, and then he does what? Uh, he, he should come on the show and yeah, he should sing come on and the dance show. for us. He plays the guitar. He writes music. Uh, he makes jokes. He lives in Nashville. Lives in Nashville. He has a sort of countryish vibe. Yeah, kind of slightly. country slash um, uh, Henry uh, Harry Nilsson mm-hmm. slash uh, who's the guy who did the Zany Rock Toy Story theme song? <laughs> He's a lot like that guy. Uh, Randy Newman. Yeah, yeah. Randy Newman is incredible. Yeah. I was listening to so much Randy Newman. That should have been one of my culture picks. Randy Newman is so good. Yeah, Randy Newman's a huge. Maybe I should vibe. listen to Aaron Lee Tashjian instead, though. So I have a new. Well, the thing is that so one thing that my brother and I were speaking about recently is that Spotify, like the way that they like integrate or like push new musicians is by through this algorithm of saying like, oh, if you like this, you'll love that. And my brother like tries to change his sound, not like significantly, but somewhat significantly from album to album. So the first album that he put out in like 2016 was very Tom Petty-ish. So then when his second album came out, Spotify was like, oh, if you like Tom Petty, you'll like this guy, Aaron Lee Tashin. But then he made this very Randy Newman yeah. album and everyone was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so the algorithm did not. I don't think the algorithm works in anyone's favor. I think no. it's really important to listen to the most obscure music possible, which is why I'm really pleased with all the choices that we've outlined. So I mean, far. the notion that um, if you like the way one thing sounds, you're going to like a thing that sounds similar. Like that's Ooh. kind of a bogus idea right i mean like think about how 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 wrong that could so easily be right i mean yeah and if you have trash taste then it's just going to steer you towards more trash stuff well and a truly good musician doesn't show their influences like that you know like that's right you can't hear television in jeff buckley but obviously like jeff buckley was listening to a lot of television right okay if you like corporate Can- lunch listen yeah. to if the you like India Hicks lunch, podcast. <laughs> just listen to this like 12 hour white noise recording. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to add one more music vibe, which is this guy, Robert Wyatt, who is like a big progressive rock guy uh, in the 60s and 70s in England. And he was a he was a drum a drummist a drummist, a drummist. Yeah. <laughs> he's a drummy air a drum tardist and <laughs> and uh, and he one night was like partying with his bandmates and he fell out of a window and he was paralyzed from the waist down so no more drum playing and he began to make this incredibly bizarre gorgeous kind of like like tweaked out randy newman sort of music mm-hmm. i would say if there's something sort of strange and spare and like naive about it mm-hmm. but i had listened to it like a lot you know a couple of years ago um and then i remembered him because one of his songs is very beautifully featured in the souvenir which is this joanna hogg movie that came out over oh, yeah. the summer um and his music is just really 
it's beautiful and really odd and um it's not too haunting but just haunting enough robert wyatt uh great looking man yeah beautiful beard he looks like john muir google him and look at his face for a little bit uh as i'm doing maybe a communist well you mentioned the souvenir which is a great movie i i never watch movies i watched that recently i thought it was fantastic um I don't let's do movies next. I don't have I haven't seen any movies. I live a lifestyle that makes seeing movies very difficult um because I sleep every 30 minutes. But <laughs> yeah, um I know what you mean. My my just general interest um for this fall is to rewatch all of Spike Jones's movies. Starting with being John Malkovich. He hasn't made very many. Not movies. starting with Video Days. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Well, maybe I'll rewatch all the skate videos too, but I'll watch Adaptation and Being John Malkovich and Her, and then maybe Where the Wild Things Are, but I'm a little. The John Coltrane. And I don't think I'll watch Jackass either. John Coltrane with the Gons skating yeah. in video days. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's like I one of the all time. I felt seen, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rachel, you should talk about movies. Um, Rachel's the real cinephile. I really have been liking the movies that are out this year. This is a big movie for years, a big year for movies. This is movie. This movies are years to come. Yeah. <laughs> a big year for cinema. The is it? stars are out tonight. I mean, we've got the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Roy Cohn documentary is a must see okay a must have a must see you know i hate it when people say this i'm so tired of it but he's actually the man behind donald trump yeah <laughs> like he created donald trump but he also created like every other horrible thing that is happening in our country politically arguably socially right now and if you are hungry for more more roy Cohn after you see I the documentary am. i'm always hungry for then more you roy. could re-watch mike nichols angels in america which features al fucking pacino as roy Cohn, and he says the word clout <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Al Pacino's awesome. Mike Nichols is a great like if you if it's a cold day and yeah. it's a little cloudy, yeah. Mike Nichols, like any three Mike Nichols movies will get you. Any three. Any three. You have to watch three to get the full Well, I think if you're gonna do a festival. Right. A festival. Yeah. A festival. And there's an interesting uh Make you can a cut ragu. all this out. Yeah. If you're gonna have a ragu <laughs> festival, yeah. you gotta watch three. <laughs> three Mike Nichols movies. Married to Diane Sawyer, mm -hmm. okay, made the fucking graduate, mm -hmm. lived in a weird secret town in northern Manhattan. Didn't know about that. Didn't know about it. What do you mean a town in northern Manhattan? Well, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> you could live there. You could buy Diane Sawyer's house. Damn. Um, okay. Oh. Are you going to keep going? Downton Abbey movie. It's good? You know, if you like British people and you like houses. You like period pieces. I love period dramas. Nothing gets period me going dramas. like a Merchant and Ivory production. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> that is, you were talking about drugs earlier. Yep. Sniffing, smoking, eating, mm -hmm. snorting. Yep. Putting in your ears. Yep. I like Merchant and Ivory films. All right. Nothing makes me happier. Sam, will you talk about like some, some comic book movies now or something? I don't watch superhero movies. No. Um, Damn. I don't. I, I also is like. No, I don't see many movies because um, 
I never take my sunglasses off, so it's hard to get around. You can watch a movie without. A great thing Um, to do is to get up on a Saturday or Sunday morning and just go see a movie. Yeah, Caldwell Hill Cinema. Great place that I've never been. Where to tell Um, everyone where I live? Uncut Gems. I have not seen, but I will see that movie, and I think everyone else should see that. Yeah. Um, The reviews are in, and they're spectacular. Did y'all like Punch Drunk Love? Sure. Oh. I thought there was going to be more enthusiasm. I mean, I like Adam Sandler. That was my real question. I thought Adam Sandler was great I like Adam in Sandler that. Too. Spanglish? I also Anyone? grew up, no, not so much. <laughs> but I grew up, um, you know, you know, Happy Gilmore Happy is really Gilmore, an important, yeah. important part of my personal backstory. Let's smoothly transition from movies into TV. You are only. Are you guys, I hope everyone's enjoying. I hope everyone's enjoying the clever structure of this episode. Barry, another Batman. Your guys' impressions. I like what he does. Fifteen Batmans in little boxes. One more movie recommendation is definitely just watch the trip, the trip to Italy, and the trip to Spain. Take a sick day from work and just watch all those movies. When my boyfriend and and I went to Spain, we we planned our trip kind of based on that film. That's a good way to do it. We had some of the most incredible meals of our lives. And then we sat next to each other and went, Oi! (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys want to do TV? I have. My TV recommendations are the same things everyone likes. I like Succession. Succession. How do you say it? Succession. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I thought too, but my boyfriend says Succession. But secession is, it, is it, like what happened some in the Civil War. I, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. You're so right. Damn, Sam, you must have studied history up there at Williams College. Um, I, that I actually did. And know. then uh, and Fleabag, which I think deserves all the Oscars and Emmys and Grammys and Golden Globes that it's already won and will continue to win. I think Fleabag is a real masterpiece. I can't believe how funny that show And is. I've... I've actually, I never rewatch TV shows. I have this like real aversion to that. It's like once I've seen an episode, I'll just never, I will never watch it again. It does not seem worth it. I would rather experience something new. But Fleabag, I would just kind of like, I just keep putting on and watching the same episodes over and over again. It keeps getting better. It's really a, a rich, incredibly smart, super well-written, and it's one hilarious of those, show. One of those things I think too, if you great acting like to write, you think about the way that it's like plotted and paced is yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Like the construction of the jokes is, is very, very interesting, but just the way that the characters sort of like pull towards and then like peel away from each other. Yeah, and yeah. like, you know, the more you think about it, like the more interesting it is. Um, Sam just puts it on mute and watches a hot priest. <laughs> <laughs> is the priest yeah, the hot priest. Is that an actual show? I thought that was just like a meme or something. The hot priest. The hot, hot priest, priest is like he's in Fleabag. the main love oh, he's interest in of the second. Uh, uh, he's the whole. Are they going to do the a spinoff called the Hot Priest? I didn't no. really think he was that hot. Yeah, I would say he's like he's like a sorry seven. <laughs> he maybe just seemed like a, a regular half. guy. As he's far as charming. As, I mean, they seem like they have good chemistry. You know, they're a good yeah. match. I thought he seemed like he had a lot of issues. Yeah. And what was interesting to me about the hot priest is what it's like, oh, anyone in the first season who was trying to take her seriously as a romantic partner probably felt the way she felt about him. Right, right, right. Which is like, oh, this person looks kind of together and they like own a business, but like, what the hell's wrong with (laughs) them? (laughs) What else else is on TV? Do you guys have anything else? You guys are... I watched Euphoria and I found it too, like... 
Yeah, I didn't love it. It was just a little too it's hard. It's just like a music video. It just yeah. I thought it was like an extended um, music video. The way it's cut, the way it's stylized. But Baby, do you want to take pills with me? What's her name in it? Where's Eckhouse Lada? That's cool. Well, that's because Heidi Bibbins did the costume. Oh, that's right. Well, there we go. Heidi back again with the hot fashion energy. Um, <laughs> wait, I had another. Oh, no. I was going to say something mean about TV that I think like the age. We've so passed it. the age of prestige. Well, duh. The golden age of prestige oh, TV is over. Oh, thanks for the flaming like. <laughs> but pe- I don't think people realize room it. Room temperature take. I don't think people realize it. Everyone's yeah, just watching true. The Sopranos and talking about their outfits. Yeah. All right. All right, folks, the final category. I, uh, let's bring it home with some strong energy and funny jokes. The final category in your fall culture preview on episode 73 of Corporate Lunch, the uh, GQ Styles customer service fashion podcast hosted by Sam, Rachel, and Noah. The final category is my personal favorite, the one I spend most of my time engaging with. It is books. The real B double O K S. The meat, the steak. The printed word. The protein of your culture meal, if you will. The most important. If you go to dig in, it's $2 extra, <laughs> but it's worth it. We can't eat. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. When, when, the, uh, when we finally do a proper corporate food episode, we can get into. Uh, we could do a whole episode about dig in, to be honest. Remember when they (laughs) Sam can't talk about it. The Diggin' Expose is coming. Um, A new book, Doxology by Nell Zink. Nell Zink. It's freaking amazing. She's so funny. It's sort of a satirical, it's kind of a bizarre book, but it it begins with a a couple uh, who are sort of involved in like the punk scene in like the 70s and 80s and New York into the new wave scene sort of a, a a trio of friends two of whom are a couple and the other is it becomes a very famous musician and then uh it's it's the type of it, it explaining this plot is just insane but it, it goes from sort of the 70s to modern day through sort of 9-11 and um is uh really messy and hilarious wild sort of family um narrative that like no one writes like Nell Zink. She's so good. She's so funny and so smart. And um, I'm goddamn impressed by this book. Everyone should read it. What else? What else can I say about it? Nothing. Move along. Do you guys have a book? Rachel Cusk has a book of essays out called Coventry, um, which I have on my list. Oh, but boy. if you haven't, wow. <laughs> okay. Roasted. Damn, I'm glad I didn't get the boring. But is if Rachel you Cusk boring? I haven't really read her. People love like transit. Her books are very like what was that series quiet, of novels? Little... I don't like autofiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Her books are very like quiet little palate cleansers. Damn. Um, I don't like I nice Sherbert. Damn. Okay. Not even uh, Melon Sherbert. I think the outline. Um, so Cusk is is most famous for her outline trilogy. Yeah, um, that's where trans- books, nothing of, of fucking books happens. where literally where basically nothing happens um, besides a series of conversations that are explored with like immense and um, almost overwhelming depth. Rachel we should Cusk, rank Rachels. There are so many Rachels in the culture. Rachel anyway. Cusk wrote a series of memoirs and um, about her marriage and her childbirth and things like that. 
um, before the Outline trilogy that were apparently crazy and the British press really doesn't like her. And so then she called um, conventional fiction um, fake and embarrassing and then wrote um, the Outline trilogy. And her books will convince you that conventional fiction is fake and embarrassing. Okay, one thing I really like to do which is a great exercise I would recommend to anyone is to pick an author and read everything they've ever written or most of what they've written. So I'm doing that with Mary McCarthy right now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about Mary McCarthy, aside from her radiant uh, prose style and her incredible political views and writing is that she is so attuned to fashion appearance and in particular brands. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So her early couple of essays are like, political polemics mixed with uh like name drops about like oh it was so weird that this guy didn't realize that i'm a socialist only because i was wearing ferragamo shoes Uh um and i'm reading the group right now which is her sort of first and most famous novel yeah um and it's filled with these incredibly smart uh just sort of note like notes about what people are wearing which a lot of contemporary authors do not do that they no longer describe what people are wearing and zadie smith has has written some interesting stuff about this but um at one point a character is getting sexually assaulted in her apartment by this swedish kind of minor aristocrat and he rips her dress and she says that she was horrified because she had gotten it at the bendel's spring sale and it's just like that, like, it shows you exactly what this character cares about, that, like, she's still so, and I'm not saying that in a negative way she's, like, absorbed with appearance, but it's a, it was a period, you know, in the 30s and early 40s where, like, the way that you appeared as a woman was, like, more important than what you thought or had to say. And she does such an interesting job of treating that with nuance and sympathy. That the group is about it's about a group of friends from Vassar or something. Yeah. What happens in the book? I so it's read it. it just follows um is it eight their whole life? women in who graduate from Vassar during the depression. Um and several of them are wealthy, but some of them are not well off at all. Um and it follows this these eight women through like fifteen or twenty years. And there's an, a pretty interesting film adaptation made of it in which Candace Bergen stars as the sort of super hot rich woman who disappears to Europe and comes back at the end of a book the book with her lesbian lover tight yeah I don't know should we wrap it up wrap it up or keep yammering I think we uh, have to go to this ideas meeting we have a meeting I have a few other things to to share but we'll do it uh, next time we're skipping vibes because this whole episode was vibes if you didn't notice this is the end of the episode (laughs) 